Good morning. Can I say it one more time? Merry Christmas. I hope everybody had a good time during the Christmas time, and I, I pray that uh, we'll just carry that celebratory feeling, excitement, right on into the new year and beyond, because we have a lot of things to celebrate, right? We have the Lord is still on the throne, and we have Jesus is still showing us what what to do in his word, and Holy Spirit is uh, kicking us along the path of righteousness. So we're grateful. We're grateful. We have a, a guest speaker today, Pastor Jane, is having a wonderful time with his family. Um, God's smiling. He's happy. We're all here, Soma's family and uh, brothers and sisters and new people that I don't know. Are these your friends? Oh, all right. Way to go. Way to go. Thank you for being with us. We're grateful. Um, you know, each year I say Christmas starts too early and ends too early. Because I love Christmas. My favorite songs are Christmas songs. My wife gets a little ticked when I do Jingle Bells in, in July. <laughs> But it's okay. Anyway, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas again, and we are thankful. So let's pray. Father God, we're so truly thankful for all the wonderful things you bring to our lives. The way you've uh, changed us, the way you continue to change us, the way you love us, the way you never leave us or forsake us. What more could we ask or hope for? You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord God Almighty, and you're our Heavenly Father. Um, this morning we have another uh, gift for everyone. We have Mike Tester is going to be with us today bringing the, the word. We're very thankful for that. Um, I think you have a good story and a good connection to the congregation here. And we're, we're always wonderful to hear uh, someone who brings us another pot of perspective to our, our, our place. Former uh, missionary to Hong Kong and Taiwan, did all the things that... Uh, Honestly, I used to ask God never to ask me to do. <laughs> but that's okay. But before we start, I just want to remind you we have the Connect cards, which I don't have a sample of one, that little yellow thing in front of you. So there you get to fill it out. You get to uh, communicate with all the rest of us as to what your needs, desires, hopes and dreams are, what's going on in your life. It's a small way for us to get to know you better. And that should be all of our goals for the new year. That should be a new year resolution, that we all get to know our brothers and our sisters better. And I'm, I don't mean a drive-by hello. I mean a get to know them better. Uh, 
Um, the offering plate is in the back, so when you leave, you'll get a chance to return what God has given you. And um, now we just want to turn the service over to Josh and to his lovely wife and to Laura, who's back, and we're thankful for all that. Let's give him a big hand.
Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together today. And thank you for our church community. Thank you for the wonderful time spent together with our family and friends this week as we celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. Lord, today we ask that you bless this new year that we're about to enter. Bless our country and the leaders of the United States. I pray that they open their hearts to what is right for all of us, and I pray for peace. And Lord, we ask for your word to touch each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Not sure of how loud I'll be with this mic. I'm pretty uh, loud, as the singers, lead singers probably heard. Uh, I apologize for that. I just like to sing, and I like to sing out loud. We had uh, four different men in our church in Hong Kong who would lead the music. And the last one who came on board was Brother Green, Brother Green Matonga. And he was from uh, Tanzania. Uh, no, Zambia. He is from Zambia. It's funny, first time he came to our church, he came by himself, he walked in the door, and we had one of our Filipinos. Who, our church was in Hong Kong, so very cosmopolitan. And he came in, and she was greeting him at the door. He says, my name is Green. And she kind of, um, I'm purple. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, she had no clue. She never heard anybody with the name Green before. But he and his wife, Christine, and two kids were a great blessing to our church. Well, he he started in the rotation of doing the music, and uh, just a beautiful voice. He taught us some uh, African songs, and I mean, the, the words would just, you know, flow off his, out of his mouth like honey. And so that first Sunday, he got up, I said, boy, isn't that wonderful? We so appreciate Brother Green. I said, I guess the best way to describe him would be our gourmet, you know, just very refined, very good, very wonderful to hear. And then I said, then we have Brother uh, 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 Rolando here, and he was Filipino. I said, he's our fundamentalist, you know, just straight down the line, you know, just all hymns, just all the way. I said, he's our fundamentalist. I said, then we have Brother William. Now, he was Chinese Filipino, but I said, now, he's our Baptocostal, you know, a little bit more spirited songs and, and some new choruses and things like that. And then I said, then we have Brother Dave here. Now, Brother Dave was our Canadian. And uh, he used uh, uh, tapes and, and, and CDs and things, you know, and they, ne they never come in on the right place, right? So he's always talking to, to, to them, and, and nobody can see them. I said, he, he's our schizophrenic. <laughs> and he spoke, he said, Pastor, it doesn't matter who leads the singing, you lead the singing, because my voice was so loud and everything. So I apologize if I, uh, if I messed anybody up on that. But I love to sing. I've got my, I'm trying to decide if they're my babysitters today. My wife was coming with me, and she's down with some sciatica. Her back was giving her a lot of trouble. And so I have my two grandsons over here. Uh, this is Josiah and Noah Connor. And we're living with them in Lancaster. We retired, and uh, in May of this past, uh, this year, we, we moved to Lancaster from Fort Worth. We have three kids. Brenda, their mom, they're in Lancaster. They have seven in that family. Brian, who lives in Fort Worth, has three kids. And uh, he, he and our oldest son are both uh, grandparents now. Our oldest son you're familiar with, Stephen Tester. That's our oldest son, and he's in China. In fact, uh, he just got back to the States December 1st. And pray for them. They're, they're supposed to be home for a year or so. But right now, China's not letting anybody back in, even if they have valid visas. And uh, so we'll just have to see how that goes. But you pray for Stephen 
and his family, and uh, uh, they got to meet their first uh, grandbaby uh, just uh, over the Christmas holidays. And I laugh at him because he's got 10 children. Now, two are adopted, but they have 10 children. And he still has a four-year-old at home, and he's a grandpa. <laughs> uh, you reap what you sow, right? <laughs> I just laugh at him. But it's so good to be here. I appreciate Brother Gary. He tried to get me to come in Thanksgiving, but we were uh, headed to Texas uh, for Thanksgiving and uh, to be with our family there, our church family that we left there. Uh, and uh, so we weren't able to come. Then he called. He said, are you available on December 27th? I said, yes, no problem. And so this is my first time here. Uh, <clears throat> I grew up in, uh, in uh, Michigan, went to school in Missouri, married a Texan. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we spent uh, 40 years as missionaries in Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong, and uh, Canada. We started a Chinese church in Canada 25 years ago. In fact, that's where I met Brother uh, Gary for the first time. And uh, his wife, they were down in Snohomish, and we were in Vancouver. And uh, that church, we started just celebrating their 25th anniversary in May. And we were supposed to get to go up there and preach that, didn't get to go. But we've been retired for about five years now. My wife's got some health issues, and I appreciate you praying for her. But we're so thankful for God's blessings. And part of what I'm going to speak to you about today, learning in the school of COVID, is lessons that apply to any situation we're ever in. Okay? And uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, I started off, uh, uh, you know, when we got to Taiwan, couldn't speak the language, so I, I taught English while we were learning Chinese. And uh, before we went to the field, we were working in, in Houston in a church and uh, there in Fort Worth both. I, I taught in schools and taught in the college. And, uh, you know, just teaching. The only difference, I think, in between preaching and teaching sometimes is that art of persuasion that comes with preaching. You know, <coughs> uh, preaching should be instructive, but there's also an element of persuasion in there to respond to what God would have you do. And uh, so I've always done that. I told people that the reason why the Lord led us to Texas and we were teaching there, that was to prepare us to work with the heathen. You know, uh, Texans are kind of heathenish sometimes. I, my wife is a Texan, so I, I, I get away with that. She's not here today. But if I bring her back, please, please, I'll have less hair than what I have now the next time you see me, if you, if you tell her. But uh, went to Taiwan, was teaching English there while we were learning Chinese, and then finally got to, of course, preach through an interpreter. And, you know, those interrupters, what happens is you have them, and when you're first starting out, you have no clue what they're saying, right? Then you begin to learn the language a little bit, and then you realize you begin to understand what they're saying, and sometimes then you understand they're saying it wrong, and so at that point you can kind of say, no, 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 I meant this, you know, and you can kind of correct them. And then it goes a little bit further along and just say, I'll oh, just sit down, I'll do it myself. And that's, and that's the way it goes with, with teaching. And so we're, we're going to go back to school today. We're going to talk about learning in the school of COVID. And I want you first to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 1, 1965 to 72. <clears throat> now, I've got it on PowerPoint because in Hong Kong, <clears throat> our church in Hong Kong, we had people from, I think we counted up one day, 20-some different countries. And it was an English-speaking church. 
And uh, although I, I, I preached Chinese, in Chinese, and, and, and that was the ministry God gave to us, there I had to preach in English, and that was the common denominator. We had Chinese from Taiwan, from China, from Singapore, different places, but you know, they might speak different dialects of Chinese, so the common denominator for all of us, whether they were from Korea, Japan, uh, Russia, wh wherever they were from, was English, and that's what brought us together. So we had a lot of different Bible translations, a lot of different languages and things, so I, I just started putting things up on PowerPoint, and, and that's what I did this time. Whether you're used to it or not, I don't know. But uh, look in Psalm uh, 119, verses 65 to 72, okay? It says, Thou hast dealt well with my, thy servant, O Lord. Lord, if you notice, all capital letters. In the Chinese, it says, Yehawah. Can you translate that into English? What do you think comes closest to Yehovah? Jehovah, Yahweh, right? And so that's the trend. When you have the capital L and the little letters, it's a different word that's used altogether. But here he's talking about the self-existent one, the one who created us, the one who knows all about us, right? And God knows you and me inside out, all right? It says, thou hast dealt with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. So how he te teaches us is through his word. But look at the next word there. He says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. The word teach there is, is, is that God's, it's a word indicating taste. Now, have you ever seen something that looks so delicious and you taste it and it's awful? You know, so our, our eyes can deceive us. Our taste buds don't deceive us, unless you got COVID, I guess. You know, they say you lose your taste buds. So, but, you know, taste to experience it. And this is how God teaches us as we go through life. It's, it's through our experiences, all right? So he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Again, it's coming from his commandments. I mean, we might know something, and if we go against it, boy, we're going to learn that hard lesson, right? And that's the way as it is as we go through life. You tell your kids something, you know, you want them to grow up to be responsible, and you tell them things. And when they're little, you keep kind of filling in for them, putting a little bit of pressure on them to get them to do it. But there comes a point in their life when they're told something that they have to do it or they're going to fail and mess up, and you have to get to that point. You're just going to have to let them fail. So they'll learn their lesson, all right? Then he goes on. He said, before I was afflicted, afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. A lot of times I have people in, throughout the years, you know, 40 plus years of, of pastoring, they come and people are talking about them spreading rumors, you know. And I said, when somebody comes to you and they're critical or they're saying bad things about you, I said, really, the first thing, you know what we have to do? We need to stop. We need to examine our lives and see why they might be saying that, if there's any reason for them to be saying that. And if there is some elements there, then what do we have to do? We need to make those changes, right? And if they're not, 
then we turn it over to God. You see? That's what he's saying here. He says, uh, the proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. You know, now this is not good for your diet, but you know, sometimes that grease takes pretty good. <laughs> I was down at my mother's in Florida and uh, tr trying to catch her up on her bills and everything else. She was living alone and, and everything. And uh, I love sausage. She loves bacon. So she always had bacon grease on the stove. So I had bought some sausage, and uh, she said, well, I'll fix your bread. She is frying my sausage in bacon grease. I said, Mom, you're trying to kill me? She said, what? I said, you're frying my sausage. It's greasy enough, and you're frying it in bacon grease? She said, well, it's good that way. I know. He says, the heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. There's a lot of things that we're attracted to but we better be delighted in the law of God, all right? He said, it is good for me. Now, notice, this is the point here. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. Wow. I kind of think we're going through some affliction, right? And it doesn't have to be COVID. It could be a lot of different things in our lives that we go through that God just kind of tells us, slow down, you better take care of this. Slow down, you better do some examination. Slow down, check to see if what you're doing lines up with my word. All right? He said, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Timothy Keller uh, remarked on this portion of Scripture. He said, suffering is a school where students learn things about themselves and God and about life that they would have never have learned without it. And I think every one of us can go through our past and find those things that God has used in our life to teach us some wonderful things and to draw us closer to him and to help us to be the right kind of person that we need to be. But it came at a price. That price was affliction to get our attention, right? All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Uh, here's Paul. He's come into Corinth on his missionary journey, and, we're, and we're going, that's where we're going to be learning about all these things. Now, if I can pick this up without falling forward. I have trouble with balance. 1 <clears throat> Corinthians Chapter 2, do I have it on the board? Nope. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Paul's come to Corinth now, and he talks about his situation when he came. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with an excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, someone has said, well, yeah, Paul had come there from Athens where he was mocked when he preached about the resurrection on Mars Hill, so he's, he's saying he's never going to preach about it again. But that's not true. Because you remember in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul gives the definition, you know, 
uh, talk, in talking about uh, the, the gospel, it's about the death, the burial, and what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he very much believed in the resurrection, no matter what skeptics might sometimes say. But he said, I came to you. Man, I was, I was down. I was discouraged. And so I want us to see how he got to this place, all right, and, and everything, because that's, that's the part that we're going to look at today. So you go back to Acts chapter 16, all right? Acts chapter 16. There in the scripture, it's going to talk about where Paul saw that Macedonian vision. You know, he had his goal. He wanted to go east. He wanted to go to India. He wanted to go that way. But which way did he end up going? He ended up going west. He went to Europe. He went to Rome. He went to Greece. He went to Macedonia. And that's what we see in Acts chapter 16. So if, if you look there real quickly, we're not going to read all of that. But in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10, he tells the story of the Macedonian vision, how he wanted to go someplace, but the God told him, no, go this other way. And if you look at verse 10, this is his response. It says, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. He wanted to go this way. God says, no, go this way. Now, you're going to choose God's way or you're going to choose your way? So he chose God's way, right? And he said he knew this was God's will for his life. He was going to be right where God wanted him to be. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we've been in ministry for 40 years. Somebody asked about our, our prayer cards and stuff. I said, well, we always did our prayer cards in pencil because we never knew where we were going to be because we, we went to Taiwan first for 18 years, all right? Then we left there because of health issues. What did we do? Well, we went to Vancouver, B.C., started a Chinese church there. There's 300,000 Chinese living in, in Vancouver. And, and uh, so we were there. Uh, and then I would go back and forth to the Orient and teach and, and do youth camps and things. But my wife, because of her sickness, she'd picked up her asthma and, and uh, uh, breathing. She only got about 50-some percent lung capacity. Uh, she never wanted to go back to the Orient. Well, we had an opportunity to go back to Hong Kong for three months to fill in for somebody. And we had gotten whooping cough when we were in Hong Kong or in Vancouver, and she almost died. Uh, whooping cough's not a, not a good thing. You can break a rib coughing so hard from whooping cough. But she said, I, God gave me a new measure of faith. So we went to Hong Kong for three months. And after 12 years... <laughs> We left Hong Kong. You see, sometimes you, you, you know what God's will is, but you don't always know and understand all that it's going to entail. The main thing is just being in his will. It's like, it's, it's, real, it's like a river. Jim, we've got a lot of older folks in here. My pastor's favorite movie was uh, River, river Queen. Is that, is that what it is? You know, where they are in that little boat and they're going down trying to get out to the coast and stuff, and they go through the jungle and you can't tell which way the river is. It's always twist and turns. And that's kind of the way life is. That's kind of the way God's will is. It's going to take us places we don't know about. 
Sometimes it's going to be still water. Sometimes it's going to be rapids, right? The important thing is what? Be in the river. If you're in the river, it doesn't matter where you take it. You know where it's going to come out. We know where the final end is going to be, right? That's what you got to make sure of. But where God takes you along the way, enjoy the ride. It's not always smooth. But you know, there's something that comes when you know that you are in the will of God no matter what the obstacles are. The, the, the disciples learned that in the boat, remember? He said, let's go across. And in the middle of the crossing, the storm came and Jesus in the bottom asleep. And, and, and the storm came and the boat was thrashing around. And they woke him up and said, Master, Master, what, what did they say? Carest thou not that we perish? And sometimes as we go through life, we feel like God's abandoned us. God, don't you care? Don't you love me? See, and there's nothing we can do to change God's love for us. We just have to know who it is who loves us. And that's why David could say, it is good for me that I have been afflicted that what? I might learn thy statutes. So there in, he, he tells us here in this sixth, 10th verse of chapter 16 that he knows he's in the will of God, all right? And we look through the rest of chapter 16, 17, and to chapter 18 when he ends up going to Corinth, all the things that happen. He starts off in Philippi. Quiz time, what happened in Philippi? Where did he end up at? And at midnight, the doors, there was an earthquake, and the doors shut, and it broke open, and they came out, and the guard was going to what? Kill himself, right? And he said, do yourself no harm. We're still here. Very first thing, place he goes to, following God's will, being in the center of God's will, he ends up in jail. Second place, he goes from there down to Thessalonica in chapter 17. You know what happened in Thessalonica? A riot. A riot. He goes from there down to Berea. Escapes, goes down to Berea. You know, and that's when he's teaching there, and, and the Bereans look to see if what he was saying matched up with Scripture, right? But the folks from Thessalonica sent people down to Berea to stir up the people there. And he had opposition there and left there. And he goes from there, chapter 17, verse 10, he goes on to Athens. And there he's preaching up on Mars Hill, right? And he's preaching there, and when he gets to the part about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they laughed him to scorn. And then he goes from there to Corinth. And it's in Corinth, that verse that they read earlier, where that when he, he, he came, he was discouraged, he was down, right? What was the lesson he learned? Look at 1 Corinthians 1.9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God's faithful. He's faithful. And if you haven't gotten there yet, going, you're going to come a time, there's going to come a time in your life when you're surrounded with all these problems and difficulties and, and you think, God, don't you love me? Do 
Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. God loves us. In Psalm 119, verse 67, David said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. And in verse 71, he said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. It's a reminder of a time when we are closer to God. I remember one time, I forget where we even were now, and lots and lots and lots of problems. And it was Christmas time. The brother talked about Christmas. I love Christmas too. But this particular Christmas, there were so many things going on, and I was so down and everything. I said, with all this going on, I said, I don't even... It doesn't even feel like Christmas. My wife looked at me, and she, you know what she said? But it's still Christmas. I don't care what you're going through. He still loves you. He still cares for you. You know, we take that verse in Romans 8, 28 and 29, and we know that all things work together for good. He doesn't say all things are good, okay? I mean, we're not like the guy who fell down the stairs and everything else. He said, well, thank God that's over, you know. We know that all things work together for good. What? To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. God's will for your life, you have been predestined not necessarily to be happy. Happiness depends upon our circumstances. You get a new job, a new raise, yay! Get a $2,000 stimulus check instead of $600. Yay. All these, right? Your house burns down. What do you do? Yay? No. Lose that job? No. Lose your health? No. Those, those things are not necessarily a good thing, but God uses those things to conform us into the image of his son. There's a Chinese character for example. And on the left side of the character is the symbol of a tree. And on the right side is the symbol of the lamb. And underneath that symbol, the word for me. Or no, I'm sorry, the word for everlasting. Christ, according to 1 Peter 2.21, set the example for us because of suffering and dying on the cross. And that's the Chinese character. 
that goes into example. Christ dying on the cross to give us eternal life. And the things that we go through, God is preparing us for eternity. You know, that old song we used to sing, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. I'm afraid some of us, we forget that we're on a journey and we're traveling in tents because we've trying to drive those tent pegs too deep into the ground. And like the old sergeant said about the troops that were moving up to the battlefront, and the night before, they were close enough they could hear the sound of the explosions from the cannons and things like this, and they were bivouacking there for the night, and he'd see some of those younger boys and stuff. He said, son, don't drive your tent pegs in too deep. We're moving up in the morning. And some of us, we've just dug our tent pegs in a little bit too deep. Because I'm going to tell you, this world's not our home. We're just a passing through. What did Paul learn that he was able to tell those Corinthians? In chapter 1 and verse 9, he said, what? God is faithful. So here's another question. God is faithful. Is God faithful in forgiving confessed sins? Is he faithful? Yeah. He's faithful in forgiving confessed sins. He said in 1 Corinthians there, chapter 1, verse 3, he said, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He says, God's faithful. This is the church of Corinth. You know, we, we lived in Hong Kong. Any of you guys ever gone through Hong Kong when you were in the military? Okay. You know where our church was? One time. You ever see those old Hong Kong movies talk about Suzy Wong district? That was Wan Chai. That's where our church was. We were going to church one morning, my wife and I, and we got down close to the church and, and uh, looked down this one street. And it, I mean, here it's Sunday morning, and there's probably a dozen guys out in the street having a brawl, fighting, because they just got kicked out of the bars and stuff. <laughs> He says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. That's the kind of city Corinth was. In fact, if you want to, to, to call a, 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 a woman, a girl with a derogatory name, you would say, well, she's a Corinthian girl. That's kind of like the Chinese. They'll talk about the Shanghai girls. They're, they're just after your money. You know, we all have those prejudices, right? And, and, and the Corinth girl, the Corinthian girl. But Paul says, you are sanctified in Jesus Christ. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 19 says, Who is a God like unto you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because his delight is in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. He takes our sin, casts them into the depths of the sea. Then somebody said they put, he puts up a sign that says no fishing. Filipinos are always talking about how corrupt their government is. 
I mean, they, they come to Hong Kong to work, and before they can come, they've got to go to the school in the Philippines and pay a lot of money to the government there to get their okay so they can get a job in Hong Kong or someplace else. And they're talking. I had a Filipino missionary who was missionary in Bangladesh. He said, Pastor, he said, the Philippines is not the most corrupt country in the world. He said, it's Bangladesh. But anyway, I, I tell our Filipinos, and they know how I joke and everything. I said, you, you know why the Philippines is so corrupt? I said, have you heard of the Mindanao Trench? It's the deepest part of the ocean. And God takes, and Micah says, he takes all of our sins and he casts them into the ocean. I said, that's where they all are. I said, and they just keep washing up on the shores of the Philippines. And they just laugh. I said, yeah, that's right, Pastor, that's right. <laughs> I said, okay, let's sing the Filipino national anthem. I was sinking deep in sin. Whee! You know, but there's, there's corruption everywhere we go. But he writes to this people that's living in one of the most corrupt cities in that time, in that part of the world, and he says to the church of God. I like your name, Somos Community Church. The house of God, right here. Revelation 21.1, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and also there was no more sea. God's going to get rid of the sea. He forgives our sin. He gets rid of them. You know, you know why God has to wipe away our tears from our eyes? Because we remember. We don't have the capacity to forget unless you begin to get my age and get old and forget things. That's why you have to have your grand kids ride with you so you know what you were doing, right? We don't have that capacity to forget. God forgets. So what we have to do with our past, what you have to do with your past, no matter how, how shaded it might be, we remember it properly. Where is it at? It's underneath the blood. You see. Next one. God is faithful in keeping. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Oh, I can read that one finally. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. God is faithful in keeping. In 2 Thessalonians, he said, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. You know what the signs was? You know, a lot of people were uneducated, couldn't read and stuff, and they couldn't put up a sign and say church. They couldn't do it anyway because of it was against the law, right? Christians had to meet illegally. Kind of like today, I guess. You know, but they, there was a symbol that they used. What was that symbol that you normally see? The fish, right? But there's other symbol that was used. They saw at least used 36 times in the catacombs in Rome, and it was the anchor. It was the anchor. So not just the fish, but the anchor. And that, that comes 
from uh, Hebrews chapter 6, where he says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, an anchor, and take that verse, all right? It's an anchor of our soul. In, in those days, you know, living in Hong Kong, I, I've seen all types of ships. We lived out on the backside of the island, Hong Kong Island by Aberdeen there, where they used to have the, 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 the people who lived in the boats all the time. They've cleared all that out now. But I've seen all different kinds of ships. But in those days, the, the ships always had to sail close to the shore. Whenever they were out in open water, they were always... Uh, you, you know, subject to the storms and things. It was very dangerous. So they would always try to stay close to the shore. <clears throat> and so when a storm would come, they would make their way into those little harbors, those little havens that they could ride out the storm in. But sometimes the storm would come up so quickly that, you know, if the tide was going out and they were trying to get in, they, they, they couldn't get into the harbor. So what they would do is they would take the anchor of the ship and they'd put it in that little skiff the, the, what they call it was called the forerunner, and they would row into the harbor and drop the anchor there, and then they would pull on the ropes and pull themselves into the safety of the harbor. Jesus Christ is our forerunner. He's also the anchor of our soul, and he's gone ahead. He's already there. And as you go through these difficulties in your life, and I go through difficulties in my life, we sometimes feel him tugging on the rope, and he says, don't give up. I'm the anchor of your soul. Hang on. I'm going to get you in the safety of the harbor. You see, he is faithful in keeping us, in keeping us. And then finally, our passing grade Psalm 119, 71 and 72. No, look at 66 to 68. There we go. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. So even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of the difficulties that we go through, he says it's good for us. It reminds us of our frailty, our need of him, where that place of safety is, what we're supposed to be doing. And the older I get, the more problems and things that I see and that we go through, I just have to thank God time and time again. Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but I trust you, and I love you because you loved me first. And folks, your teacher, you know, when you were a kid, you always thought, 
I, I should ask the kids, sometimes you take a test and you think your teacher hates you, right? And they give you these hard tests just so you'll fail. No. Teachers give you a test to see what you've learned so that you can learn even more stuff. And it might be a little bit harder, but when you pass that first test, you'll do all right on the second and the third and the next and the next. Why? Because your teacher loves you. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful today for your love, your blessings. Thankful for these good people coming out to your house in the middle of this time that we're facing because they want to learn more about you. And Father, help us to learn that you are faithful. You're faithful in keeping us. You're faithful in loving us. You're faithful, Lord, in all these things. And Lord, just help us to draw closer to you. And if there's someone here today, Lord, that doesn't understand and they don't have that peace, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. And let them come after the services, Lord, to speak to us. And we'll take the Bible and show them what they need to do to have that peace and assurance, Lord, that God loves them and he sent his son to die for their sins so that they don't have to pay for them themselves. And Lord, the things that we go through, sometimes they're rough, sometimes they're hard, but Lord, help us to realize that we go through those things and even though they're not good, you want to use those to conform us into the image of your son. Bless, for we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Who do brothers? Oh, you're here, we're gonna sing. Good. <laughs>
we'll do a little closing prayer now. Lord, we thank you for the speaker that we had today that was able to share your word and, and experiences and, and talk about your love and, and kindness. We thank you that we recently had a celebration of your birthday. And now, Lord, we ask that you take us out to wherever we're going from here and that you bring joy into our hearts, that you open our eyes to the blessings that you have to bestow upon us. And we ask it in thy name. Amen. Go with God. <laughs>